0: This is The Union, the intersection between people, apps, and AI. We'll inspire and challenge you as we ask questions, uncover insights, and share inspiring stories about digital ecosystems and automation. Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Scott King, and that's Chris Kraus. Today, we're going to talk to you about what AI really is and how to really evaluate AI products. Uh, So we're gonna arm you with some questions that you can ask vendors, that you can ask integrators, anybody claiming to have AI. uh, We're gonna help you with some definitions and and help arm your shopping. And and really this stems from a recent FTC article. So uh, Federal Trade Commission is closely monitoring this rapidly evolving ai market and it wants businesses to ensure that their marketing claims are truthful and backed by evidence i mean all marketing is truthful right everything on the internet is right. true oh of uh, course Scott, of course
1: <laughs> I mean, just like all everything in marketing has always been based on truth and facts it's they've never stretched it at all
0: no no just uh uh, I guess go watch Mad Men, right? With all the, yeah. the cigarette ads. Uh, cigarettes aren't helpful or they're not healthful, right? Yes. Uh, but they used to claim to be. So what we're going to do is take that analogy over to AI and explain that, you know, in the article that the FTC put up and, and we'll link to it so everybody can can read it. Uh, they say companies must have a reasonable basis for their AI related claims. So this means that it has to be truthful data privacy, data security. So you have to be able to substantiate these claims. And then the FTC also goes on, Chris, to talk about the transparency in AI decision-making. So, um, you know, I would think that is bias, you know, what data is used, what factors are considered uh, when making decisions. And then companies should consider external validation to bolster the credibility of their AI claims. So third-party testing, certifications, peer reviews, anything like that. And then businesses should avoid making overly broad or unsupported claims. Um, Chris, I mean, both you and I have been marketing software for quite some time. Like we've never made overly broad statements oh, Never, at all. never,
1: never. Now, I might have known a sales guy who's, who's done that every once in a while and you know, when you're on a conference call, you can roll your eyes. But when you're in a video, you have to have, like, the stone face. You're like, oh, how am I going to undo that?
0: <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta have a uh, poker face. Uh, now, yep. in the last couple of years, you can't uh, throw your hands up, you know, when somebody says something wacky. Yep. So, Chris, um, you know, where do we go from here? Should we, should we talk about some definitions? Should we tell people, yeah. like, you know, give them a baseline? Where, where do we go?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good thing. So if, if you actually have a basic understanding of what, what all these terms mean, you're going to be a more informed buyer. So it's going to mean you can actually ask questions of a company to determine, do they actually have AI? Do they have ML? Are they just whitewashing it or, you know, washing AI washing is the term they use, right? So if you kind of have a basic understanding of what the things are, then it'll put you in a good position to ask questions of the vendor. To figure out, are they washing or do they actually put AI in a product itself? And so, like, um, so Scott, when you hear AI, what does that acronym mean to you?
0: Uh, AI? Well, AI, I talked about poker earlier. So AI means all in, right? All in.
1: Yeah, it's all in, could be artificial ingredients. In this case, AI stands for artificial intelligence. And um, I actually pulled a, a really good definition from Azure. They said Artificial intelligence is the capability of a computer system to mimic human cognitive functions such as learning and problem solving. So they're describing it. It's like, can the computer learn over time? And can you apply that to solve a problem? And that could be a business problem or, you know, any type of problem out there. The trick is through AI, computer systems use math, which either you love it or you hate it. I have a degree in statistics, so I kind of like it. Um, and logic to simulate a reasoning that a person would use to learn from new information to make decisions. So there is the concept of continuously learning inside of this. So when you hear AI, it's artificial intelligence. And it is, it is really, does is the computer mimicking what a cognitive function or what a person is thinking based on the facts you're given? Can they actually respond back to them well?
0: All, All right, right. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So another term they use all the time is ML. And so you, is it, is AI and ML the same thing? So, Scott, what does ML mean to you?
0: So, kind of sticking with the sports theme, I think ML is uh, major league.
1: Major league, like a baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's these. We it's a major
0: league look- software solution. That's what it is.
1: Yes. These are very generic terms. But in this case, machine learning is the actually the application of AI. So if we've described what it is theoretically, how do you apply um, AI to something? Well, you do it through machine learning. And it's a process of using mathematical models of data to help computers learn without direct instruction. So what that means is you they actually use a lot of math functions to calculate what would um, what the answer should be or how to reason to the answer. Okay and um, this enables computer systems to learn and improve on its own based on experience so machine learning means the key is it's continuously learning so if you feed it more and more data so um, maybe you say a um, average salary of an employee in uh, Dallas of a waiter is eight dollars an hour and then over time, inflation's happened, so we've had to start increasing their salaries. Machine learning would continuously learn what are the new paychecks look like, what's the new salaries, and say maybe it's $8.55 or $9 an hour. So it's not like there's a if-then-else look-up salary, Dallas, $8 done. It actually c- keeps learning as the data changes. And it's it's basically a lot of math. I like. To, I like to um, joke with people that when you think machine learning, think it's math. Machine learning both start with an M. It's the math of how we perform artificial intelligence. Okay, so, that makes sense. So, uh, so it learns by itself. Yeah. So now the trick is, those are really broad things. There's tons of math algorithms. There's you know, ChatGPT has brought in all this generative AI stuff. We've had classical predictors and forecasting engines, but so what I think is good to know is I think everybody's going to whitewash around Chat GPT and, and generative AI or um, Open AI. It's like, well, we've added this into the product. Well, so when you hear NLP, um, Scott, what does NLP sound like to you?
0: I know this one because I follow uh, English football. So NLP is a
1: football academy out of London. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. So or it's actually natural language processing. So if you think of there are categories of machine learning out there and probably the most common one people are learning about is natural language processing, which basically what it says is I have unstructured language. So people are talking to me, people have written text and we may know that it's structured, but the computer system doesn't know it's structured. So what happens is natural language processing is a big umbrella and says, okay, how do we take a, a um, paragraph of data or a sentence of data from a person or listen to a, a conversation and say, okay, what's in this? Well, we know there's words in this and words have roots. So some things are have ings at the end. So like I'm calling someone, I called someone, I call someone. So in natural language processing, the first thing you do is you say, okay, what is the, what's the context of these words and then you actually want to say, okay, what are all my words? And then you actually can figure out like, what are your adjectives, your nouns, all those things you learn. So how do we actually figure out what they are and put it in a structured same format that a computer software can act upon? So it's literally how do you just take a sentence and break it down to its parts, but realize some things, you know, some things that matter. Like if there's an ed or an ing at the end, it's the same word itself. Okay. So now, of course, if we say, okay, if natural language processing is here, there's also two things underneath it. There's NLU and NLG. And so this is where you actually are probably like, well, I don't actually know the difference between those. Because everybody kind of says, we do natural language processing through NLU. And so this will help you actually understand, are they just saying words? Or if if they say it in the wrong order, I say we have NLU and NLP actually it's the other way around so i'm going to help you be a better understanding of there's actually a hierarchy of this so you can catch someone when they're just spewing acronyms and they don't know what they're talking about um so acronyms nlu what is nlu means scott
0: so it's probably some like government agency like national labor union or something yeah.
1: like that yeah. right and So it's actually natural language understanding. So if natural language processing is the big part, part of it is actually natural language understanding. So it's a subset of natural language processing, which uses syntax and semantic analysis of the text to determine the meaning of a sentence. So the, the hard thing with like the English language is you can have a word and it means two things. So if I say, tell me a story, um, or I live on the second story of an apartment complex. So tell me a story is story is a noun in that in that sentence, right? But I live on the second story of an apartment, that's actually an adjective of where I live, right? So part of natural language understanding is if we've broken down the sentence into parts, what do these words mean where where they're similars itself? And like I always use the um the analogy in England. A crisp, well, something can be crisp, and it just so happens that a potato chip is crisp. We call them a potato chip. They call it a crisp. So it would, it would be the natural language understanding of the British language to know a crisp is the same as a potato chip in the U.S., right? So it's it's actually more complicated than you think. There's a lot of um, learning models, language learning models that have figured out how to do that.
0: The so, only the, thing I can think of is a crisp crisp right now. So Yes.
1: Yeah. Or I need to go up the lift because I need to lift myself to the second story of my apartment. Right? Yes.
0: Yeah, see lift that. That makes sense to me. I totally understand why they call it that. All right. So yeah. NLU is underneath NLP, right? So yes. in, in order to process it, I have to first understand it. All right. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. Now, the NLG is probably the one that everybody's talking about. They just don't know that's what it's called. So Scott, what is NLG?
0: Uh, is it National
1: Leisure and Gaming, NLG? It, it is in some countries, but <laughs> in this context, hey, we're talking about natural language processing in the context of this conversation. NLG is natural language generation. And this is when you want to, um, is actually a subset of NLP. So you've got NLP, um, and then you've got um NLU and NLG. So NLU is understanding what someone wrote. This is the other side. How do we write a sentence based on information? So it actually, it's what makes a computer write. And this is what a lot of people are playing with chat GPT and that it can, you can give it data and it will write you a paragraph or write you an essay. So natural language generation is actually focuses on what is the text, like you give it the information and it's going to parse that out then it's going to actually go write sentences about it, plan what the sentences on that should be. It writes it. And then it actually does a proofread and says, okay, what's the grammar and the punctuation did is everything future tense, past tense or current tense. And, and I know for a fact, Scott, when I write stuff, you say, I mess up my tenses all the time. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> right? And Grammar and spelling. And yeah. Um, so, all right. So that makes sense. So, you know you talked about chat gpt and a lot of the chatter that i see is about the prompts so yes. the, your your nlu yet you, you kind of drew a triangle if you're listening you can't see chris draw with his hands uh, yeah. but if you're watching so you had the the nlp on top nlu and nlg underneath and they talk yeah. about the prompts so is if i can make the generative AI understand me better and understand with greater context and greater g- detail and more constraints around the answer that I want, it can generate a better answer for me.
1: Oh, yes, for sure. Okay. Right. So it won't mess up the things like a story is a noun or a story is an adjective. Right. Yeah.
0: Or a story is a street here in Dallas too. right? So.
1: Right. Exactly. So that's kind of a deep dive into those. And, and quite honestly, when you get into AI, there's a lot of, lot of AI out there. But I wanted to kind of explain those because that's what people are really, I think there's going to be a lot of whitewashing on that. But And there's certain things that is AI that have been around for a really long time and that people forget about, it's like speech-to-text, text-to-speech. Granted, it's, it started out really horrible, and now they're getting better at it. So the inflection and the voice themselves um, and OCR, quite honestly, if you Google it, there's some really cool videos in the 70s where IBM was showing how they started OCR. You could write a letter on a sheet of paper and they give it to the computer and it says, this is what you wrote, right? So these things, some of these things have been around a very long time. The NLP and NLU, the concepts have been there, but they really got, the technology got much better and faster recently. And uh, we've also seen this with image recognition, like The idea is just a picture of an apple and orange has been applied in businesses. Okay, here's a picture of um, a circuit border. Here's a picture of a switch. Here's a picture of machinery. Identify the machinery. So all these things are advancing. But realize with machine learning models, that's the math. There's a whole bunch of stuff outside of this natural language processing that's gotten a lot of hype lately. So chat GPT is like, People now know about it. We've talked about that in another blog, right? It's elevated our expectations of how we can interact, but there's a whole bunch of other things out there because these math algorithms have been around for a very long time. So things like predictors, like I mentioned, can we predict a salary for an employee based on their title and their zip code? Cause you know, people in Dallas have a different cost of living than they do in LA or New York. So your salaries would be predictive of those things, right? And then there's like anomaly detection, which is the easiest one, right? Because you're saying which one of these doesn't look like the others, which one of these doesn't belong. Like we learn that story, right, through Sesame Street. But how do we apply that to data that we use in business? And then uh, categorizations, um, you know, is the... Categorizations are coming up with a yes-no answer or say this is a type 1 circuit, this is a type 2 circuit, this type 3 circuit. We categorize things themselves. There's a whole bunch of other ML models out there. And the trick is those are kind of sometimes hard to distinguish. Did they actually just use computer math, if-then-l statements? Or did they actually do something to predict the number and didn't have that continuous learning? Because remember, our definitions... For AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, both have the concept of you have to give it, feed it data constantly, and then it learns new things. It will change the answer; it improves over time, or it shifts over time as you change your answers themselves. So, if you look at that,
0: so Chris and you look at your on software, your yeah on your predictors and on the things that you just went through, mm-hmm. so if. If I want to find that in a product that I'm evaluating, what question do I ask? So if, um, you know, if I'm talking to a salesperson, you know, looking at a product, like, what, like, how do I find out what type of machine learning they have
1: in their product? What, what do I ask for? Well, so you can ask them, it's like, what algorithms or what math do you use for your predictors, your categorizations, your anomalies? And then the other thing is like, well, how are they actual well-known algorithms? Like, is there some math? Is this a random forest or, is, you know, what, it, how are you doing your predictors? Linear multi regression, things like that. But then how are they retraining them? Like if it's out of the box and never changes, it's probably the then ML statement, if it requires them to look at your data and look at industry data and it changes over time, then you can say, okay, these, this is actually using ML. So First, just ask them what categorizations do you use in the background, and then ask about the continuous training to learn and provide different answers.
0: Okay, all right. So if so, that's on the machine learning side. And and we were talking about the NLP, NLU, NLG earlier. If they claim to have NLP, what what do I ask? So how how do we help people understand that? Yes, you actually have NLP in your product, or you just have a bunch of people in the back office like like scripting the conversations.
1: Yeah, and so I think the trick is actually saying, okay, are they applying the natural language um, understanding to something? So are they understanding the sentiment of the user? So if someone sends you an email, is it sentiment that they're happy or, they, or they're displeased about something? What's the intent to the email? Is it to lodge a complaint to get a status on an order? So people will claim a lot of NLP but are they actually like applying natural language understanding to identify a problem and solve it or are they actually say re- um, providing information back through natural language generation So the, so the idea is are they actually applying that and then do they say over time we get smarter, over time, because we get more examples of your emails to read and, and tell you the intent, you know, maybe it's that the language, um, the, the terms of the language change over time. So how do we actually retrain the models to re-identify them? So it's actually looking at the understanding and the actions that are taken versus saying, hey, we just have it in there. Well, did did you understand it enough to determine the sentiment? What was the intent and solve the problem itself?
0: Yeah, that seems like a big issue, right? Because even if you understand a little bit and you understand a great bit, that's a huge differentiator. Right? There's, yeah, there's so, enormous value in there.
1: Yeah, you could say, what's the status of my order one, two, three? Well, I don't need natural language processing to do that. I could just guess and use what's called a regular expression and say, give me the number in the sentence and then look it up in a back end system and reply back. That's actually not natural language processing understanding. That's a if-then-else statement in code where we say scan a sentence for a number and then return it. Now, if they get put two numbers in the sentence, what's the, or, what's the status of order one, two, three for PO one, two, three? You know, then they may not get the right order, but they still can maybe do a little bit of like if-then-else, do I see PO or invoice? So this is actually, you know, if you ask the questions five different ways... Did it still figure out the intent and associate the data with it correctly? You know, because there's stuff we've done in the past which was literally just coding techniques to do it.
0: Right, right, yeah. No one, uh, no, you know, no one ever uh, hard coded, you know, behind a website and
1: made it look. Never.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, so that's the the NLU side. Most of the chatter is on the generation side, right? Content generation, writing emails, writing responses yeah. back to customers, uh, conversation bots on websites, what have you. Um, <clears throat> if someone claims to have generative AI in their product, yeah. and especially if they say, "Hey, we're just going to put ChatGPT in there," uh, what you know, what do I ask them to make sure that there's actually generative AI? In the product versus just some like a long list of hard-coded answers
1: yeah so so if you think about it and i know i've gotten these in the past i've gotten a response back from someone that said hello less than customer name here greater than comma right where there was a form and they forgot to actually fill out the form so i think mail merge which is probably old young kids i know what that is so if you're if they have you build forms and then you plug in put the customer name here, put the account number here, and put the balance here, that's really not natural language generation, right? Now, if you give it some information, like here's the customer name, this is their address, this is their account information, and they're displeased with customer service, that means natural language generation would read those four paragraphs and then generate a response To say, you know, maybe with some, I'm sorry that you're unhappy with our customer service. I have looked up your account balance, things like that. Or if you're happy with customer service. So when you look at how people are replying back to things, are you giving them different blocks of information that then extraction writes a custom message for them? Or is it when those form fills? And so... Because some of the form fills are not very good. Some of them, you know, they can get really complicated. And you can say, if your balance is less than $50, then do this. Kind of like in an Excel spreadsheet, if then else logic. If you see that, they're not really using natural language generation. And natural language generation will usually include some type of sentiment back. Um, They do want to make it a little more human-like, you know, sympathy inside your response.
0: Yeah, everybody loves a sympathetic robot, right? Yes, yeah, kind of. Just just clean the floor. Yeah, Yeah. just clean the floor, yeah. Don't tell me how dirty it is. It's very dirty, right? Especially with all the pets running around home. Um, Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris. That was really helpful. I hope this helps everybody, uh, you know, look at and evaluate different AI products. So just ask smart questions to get Mm -hmm. smart answers. I think that was the point. And that's even, you know, talking to the AI, right? The better... (laughs) prompt the better question you ask it the better answer that it's going to generate for you so hopefully you can take these uh, evaluate products and um uh, you know bring ai into your enterprise so hope this cool. helps thanks chris thanks for listening to the union i hope it was insightful and caused you to think about how you can influence technical advancements at your company Please subscribe to the Union podcast series on your favorite podcast player to listen to past and future episodes. If you have a question for any of us or have a suggestion for the show, please email me at scott at Thanks for listening.